Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. See, Jesus came to seek and to save that which is lost. Jesus is always taking the outsider and bringing him in, taking the outcast and making him one of his family, taking those who people reject and making them part of his kingdom. You see, Jesus truly is the great reconciler, reconciling us to God and to one another. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see Changing our lives so we can be our hands and feet. Do we believe that Jesus desires all men to be reconciled to himself? Today, Pastor Ed will continue to teach us that we all need to be reconciled to God. Jesus is the friend of sinners. He will pursue men to be reconciled to himself. He does not discriminate against anyone, and neither should we. Jesus came for the very purpose of seeing all men saved from their sin. We need to share the hope of reconciliation with all the nations, that all would come to salvation through faith. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's message entitled, Reconciled to God. suffer as a Christian and when someone suffers as a non-Christian, you could stand on those promises. You could know that you have hope in the darkest of night. You could know in the valley of the shadow that he's with you. You could know beyond the shadow of doubt that he is your strength. He is your rock. He is your fortress. He is your help in the time of need. Hallelujah. Amen. That is something to shout about. There was one time that we were without hope and we were without any sense of God in this world. And so if we died, judgment awaited us. But now, if the clock ticks and our hour is over, heaven awaits us. Hope and eternal life. So that in the midst of anything that we go through, there's this sense of a future. Think about that. No longer strangers, sojourners, but citizens. No longer living like a rootless life, but we're rooted now in the kingdom of God. No longer living on the passport. We have a birth certificate that says that we've been born again, washed in the blood of the Lamb, part of God's kingdom, part of his eternal family. Hallelujah. So there was this need of reconciliation. So if you look to the past, you could see that. Now, what happened in Israel happens sometimes in the church, often in the church, often with the people of God. Israel, in their pursuit of holiness, forgot grace and mercy. Tracked the life of Jesus he is constantly conflicting with the religious leaders of his time because he understood the heart of God. They had lost the heart of God. He understood what God was like. Right from the very beginning, you look at the lineage of Jesus. Look at his family tree. 
That meant a lot to the Jews. They wanted to trace their heritage back to uh, David. They wanted to trace their heritage back to some other great biblical personage. Well, in Matthew's gospel, he goes back 14 generations, 14 generations, 14 generations, and he could trace his ancestry all the way, all the way back, Jesus the Messiah, the Christ, to Abraham. But something strange is in that lineage. Something that might be offensive. Yeah. Do you know in that lineage four women are listed? Now to the Jew, they did not regard women as we do today with respect and appreciation. But they had a prayer that they prayed, God, I thank you that you didn't make me a Gentile and that you didn't make me a woman. That's what the man would pray. I mean, but here, Jesus goes against the culture. What he does is this. In his lineage, he lists four women. Well, you say, Pastor, they must have been well-respected in Israel. Well, they were all Gentiles. Let me just tame Tamar. She was an adulteress. Rahab, remember the story of Jericho? She was the prostitute who believed the Lord. Bathsheba, she was the woman that David had committed adultery with and her first son died in judgment and then she had a second son by the name of Solomon. And then there was Ruth. She was a Moabite. Right in the lineage of our Lord and Savior Jesus, four Gentile women. Three of them with just a terrible, terrible background. What's God trying to tell us? You know what I think it is, Dan? That God has always been the God who is rooting for the outsider and wants to make him an insider. He's always looking for the person who feels like they don't fit in and he wants to fit them in. Uh, God's the one who's looking for those that others turn their back on and disregard. He's bringing them into the family. No, he does that constantly. Watch him. He's teaching. And in his teaching is a Jewish audience. And he tells them the story about a, a neighbor. Because a lawyer said, well, who's my neighbor? Oh, and Jesus said, okay, you want to know who's your neighbor? Because he wanted to put limitations God, in his wisdom, said, I'm going to break down those limitations. He tells them a story about the good Samaritan. And the Samaritan is the hero of the story. That just blows their mind. It would be like going to Israel today and telling some Hasidic Jews in Jerusalem that uh, a Palestinian is the hero of a story. Where there's this animal, he shakes them up. When Jesus ascends to heaven right before he goes, he says, this gospel will go in Jerusalem, Judah, and Samaria. Now, they weren't too comfortable with that. In fact, you look at the witness strategy that happened Jerusalem really didn't strategize an outreach to the world. It was hard for them. 
because culture and so many things at that time. And what happened is persecution drove them out and there Philip is preaching in Samaria and all of a sudden a revival happens and the Samaritans are saved. And then God speaks to Peter and says, go to Cornelius' house. He doesn't want to go there, but God says, go there. And then God saves Cornelius. And then God begins an outreach in the city of Antioch. In the city of Antioch, there's uh, all sorts of ethnic groups. I want to camp on that just for a couple of moments. Do you know what I think the blessing of different ethnic groups are? Oftentimes, they see God a little differently their worldview, their journey in life. And we can see as we sit down together what an aspect, a character of God through the eyes of someone who's an African-American or someone who is Latino or someone who is an Anglo or someone who is an Asian. On and on it goes. See, God created the diversity now, you are all taking a big risk, you know, coming to this church. No, I'm serious. Because the most segregated hour of the week is Sunday morning. Do you know how many churches in the United States have a multi-ethnic congregation like Faith Assembly? We have nations of the world worshiping. Yes, 7%. Seven percent. Let me say that again. Seven percent. So 93% of the churches that are worshiping together today are homogeneous. Wow. Wow. When I see you worshiping God, some of you love the dance. Some of you shake some. Some of you are a little quiet, and that's okay too. You know, some of you have tears flowing down your eyes. Some of you are just like, you're going to take off. You know what it looks like? Revelation chapter 5 and Revelation chapter 7, where they're worshiping the Lamb of God, people from every nation and every tribe and every country, worshiping God. That's what worship is going to look like, and you're giving this world a picture of worship in the days to come. You're giving people a picture of what worship is going to be like in heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There must be somebody here that, that makes them happy. Somebody here that says, oh, thank you, Lord, that we're giving this world a testimony that God breaks down ethnic differences. He breaks down barriers. And what unites us is Jesus Christ. When I've been washed in the blood of the Lamb, it washes away all those racial animosities. Hallelujah. God's provision of reconciliation. God's provision. Colossians 1.22. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through his death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. What happens is what Jesus did on the cross. It was a miracle when applied to our hearts. You know, I have nothing against Sermons that can give some practical self-help handles. We need it. But don't exclude theology. 
because you can all the self-help that you want and it'll help you through this life, but if it doesn't get you to the other life, what good is it? See, we are reconciled to God through the blood of the Lamb of God. It says here in the scripture, by the blood of Christ, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. There was a day that you were far, far, far away from God. Your thoughts were of the world. Your affections were for this world. Your life was lived for this world. But one day, the blood of Christ was applied to your heart and your life changed. You were transformed. There was a new desire, a new hunger, a new attitude that you wanted God. See, it's the blood of Christ that cleanses us from sin. That's That's why Pastor Craig sings about the blood. That's why our church uses theology in our worship because we know that unless God saved us, we could never save ourselves. Hallelujah. Brought near by the blood of Christ, the blood of lambs, the blood of goats, the blood of animals. Couldn't do it. But the blood of God's perfect sinless son did it, paid the price fully and a miracle happened on Calvary, a miracle that makes us a brand new person on the inside. Now, the text is powerful. There's peace. There's peace that comes through this reconciliation, God's provision of reconciliation. Verses 14 to 17, for he himself is our peace, who has made two one, Gentile and Jew and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. Now, I believe this in part refers to the temple. Remember Jesus going into the temple in Mark chapter 11 is one of the gospel references. When he went into the temple near the end of his ministry, also in the beginning in John's gospel, but he cleansed the temple and he said after... He chased the money changers and everyone out. He said, my house is written, will be called a house of prayer for all nations. Prayer, nations, prayer, nations. Israel forgot that God's blessing upon them was not just to be self-contained, but it was that they would be a light to the nations When Jesus was born and godly Simeon saw him, he began to prophesy and he said that he would be a light to the Gentiles, quoting Isaiah. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. And then he said to the disciples, you're lights. You're to shine to this world. What's happened is that in Israel, in their pursuit of holiness, they became legalistic. And that's easy for us to do. It is, or any of us. Uh, we, we tend to look at outward forms and make them sacred, which they're not. But what they did was, in the temple, they had signs in, in Latin and in Greek. And archaeologists have found this, warning the Gentiles not to go beyond this point. Because if they went beyond this point, they could lose their lives. That's why Paul was thrown into prison in Jerusalem in the Acts 21 because he was accused of taking a Gentile beyond the Gentile court into the Jewish court. That temple was divided into the court of the Gentiles, then the women, then the men, then the priest, 
And then the high priest, all these were divisions. The high priest could go into the Holy of Holies. What Jesus did is he obliterated and disintegrated all of those differences. He was saying everyone is welcome to the Father. You can have peace with God. You can have a relationship with God. You could come right into his presence with boldness, with confidence, not on the basis of your works, not on the basis of your goodness, but on the basis of the blood of the Lamb of God, on the basis of the purpose, perfect sacrifice, on the basis of what Jesus did. And so he said that wall is torn down. And what had happened is often happens is we tend to build barriers. Sometimes in our ethnicities, we do that. I remember coming out of an Italian church. I love my home church, it's a great church. But I really struggled with other churches because we had real communion in my church. No, we did, we did. The, the pastor would break a loaf of bread. Now I used to do that before I came here, there's too many people to do that. But he had a loaf of bread, he'd break the bread, and we had the real stuff. We had wine. And so when I came to the assemblies of God, I said, I guess they just don't have enough money to buy the real thing. <laughs> but I mean, I came with that anticipation. And I was thinking, something's wrong with these churches here. You know, because in culturally, I came out of an Italian background, and so it was normal to have the real stuff. Now, some of you have come out of Latino churches. And... Uh, it was wrong for women to wear pants, put a little makeup on. Anybody know what I'm saying? Okay, all right, all right. Just, just want to know if you know where I'm coming from. And what happens is we wind up building up all these things and we wind up judging each other. What ha and that's what happens so often. Because in our earnest desire to be holy, we sometimes slip into legalism. And we tend to be judgmental. And Jesus abolished all of that. Peace with God. And that means peace with one another. I was reading in a book, or reading um, an article about uh, something written in a book called Hope Grows the Garden. And it's about a college student coming home and he notices that his mom and dad are not getting along in their marriage. They had been married for 25 years and they seemed to be fighting. And his mother loved gardening. And Warren was coming home really looking forward to enjoying the garden. They had roses, they had all sorts of beautiful flowers in that garden and it was so relaxing. So he went back to look at the art in the garden. It was barren. It was dead. The tension and the stress between his mother and father took away her joy and even the desire to tend to the garden. When there's a lack of relationship and we build walls, it impacts our relationship with God, it impacts our relationship with one another, and it impacts our ability to do and be all that God wants us to do and be. Don't think you can bury hostility without it rising up and hurting your life. Amen. His mother and father later had reconciliation. They were able to work through the issues and his mother began to tend that beautiful garden and it was beautiful. It was beautiful. I am so glad 
that we have access to God. This, this church is a house of grace. It's a place of reconciliation. We come to this communion table not because we're just such holy people. Come with me for a moment. Come back to the very first communion service, to the Lord's Supper, when Jesus instituted it in the night before he was betrayed. Who's sitting at the communion table? Hmm. I see Thomas. In just two days, he's going to say, I don't believe in the resurrection. I don't believe Jesus rose from the dead. I don't believe and I won't believe unless I see visible proof. My hand's in his hand, my hand in the side. I'm not going to believe. There's James and John, the sons of thunder, ready to call down judgment on the Samaritans, hot-tempered and ambitious, wanting to have the number one and two place in the kingdom. There's Peter. In just a few hours, he's going to curse He's going to swear. He's going to say, I didn't know Jesus. Who's at that table? Huh. I see Judas, who will betray Jesus with a kiss. But yet Jesus reaches out to him, still trying to redeem his soul. I see disciples. Then in a moment of pressure, they flee and they scatter. That's who's at that communion table. Now, Jesus was always getting into trouble with the religious people because of who he ate with. He ate with publicans and sinners, they said. And they hurled that accusation at him to destroy his character when they said, friend of sinners, that's what you are, friend of sinners. Jesus turned it around into an inspiration. He is the friend of sinners. He'll take and cleanse the foulest sin. He'll change the hardened heart. He'll bring peace and reconciliation where there was animosity and division. Jesus is the friend of sinners. He pursued you and he pursued me. He broke with social protocol. In Samaria, he visited a woman. And for a Jew to talk to a woman was such a cultural violation. To talk to a woman of another race, a Samaritan at that, and to talk to someone who had lived the life that she had lived with different men and different relationships. See, Jesus came to seek and to save that which is lost. Jesus is always taking the outsider and bringing him in, taking the outcast and making him one of his family, taking those who people reject and making them part of his kingdom. You see, Jesus truly is the great reconciler, reconciling us to God and to one another. There is no sin so great. There is no failure so deep. There is no past so dark that Christ cannot change. The miracle that happens when a man or woman meets God is that there's reconciliation with God and reconciliation with one another. We become a family. 
Well, that's all the time we have for today's edition of Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. There's more to come from this series with Pastor Edward Jones. We want to encourage you to download today's message again to review. Simply log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and select today's date from the Building in Faith media player. Again, that's buildinginfaithradio.com. Maybe today's message brought a family member or friend to mind. You can share today's message via Facebook and Twitter by simply logging on to buildinginfaithradio.com and clicking on today's date. There you'll find all the options to share. Now, we'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for Worship on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For driving directions and more information, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Building in Faith with Dr. Ed Jones. We invite you to join Pastor Ed as he continues teaching through the Word of God right here on Building in Faith. Your Word Restore